Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, podcast number 189. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not really sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Still. Hard to believe, still in that COVID quarantine, we are in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. We're doing the No Church Answers Tour. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. But, you know, we feel all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So... Whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad that you're joining us. And we are in a new study. Um, This is Pure Joy, Connect 360. It's by Baptist Way Press. We use a lot of different publications. Baptist Way's really solid stuff. Um, And we've been enjoying this. And what we do, if you're not familiar with our particular podcast, uh, we talk about stuff that typically men don't have the opportunity to talk about in today's day and age. And if you don't go and participate in a worship service, you probably never have the opportunity to talk about this kind of stuff. So we think of this as a one-hour conversation, not only amongst ourselves, but food for thought for those men out there that are spiritually inclined, that want some mentors and someone to go with them on this faith journey that they have. So what we do in this particular podcast is we have a panel of great guys. Uh, We do a basic overview of the lesson that we're going to look at. Then we read the scripture, which is kind of like having a Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship. And then we dig into it deeper and kind of unpeel it like an onion, uh, get deeper into it, update it, put a man spin on it and give it something for you to think about, uh, for the rest of the week. And uh, and without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel at this time. He's a world-class policy writer, also a bit of a gambler. That's our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. All right, Steve. Hello, everybody. And an attorney and prosecutor, we call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hey, Mike. Hi, hey, guys. Mike. Mike. He's a... Uh, Insurance broker, uh, a deacon, also from Louisiana. We ain't going to hold that against him. Uh, Kyle Trahan. I didn't right, Kyle. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> the pink shirt. Uh, 
You're right. In, in, his, in his pink shirt, Mr. Pink. And a corporate trainer for a Fortune 100 company. And a theologian, we call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here as well. All right, Robert Koshu. Robert. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy and the director. And want to go ahead and get some opening thoughts from the panel about this particular uh, lesson. And it's uh, Standing Firm is the title of this lesson. Start out with the producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, yes, uh, we're continuing Philippians. We're now at the end of chapter one, chapter one, verses 27 through 30, where Paul brings up the idea of standing firm in the faith. And I'm giving everyone fair warning. I, I'm going to stir the pot a bit, maybe, uh, as we get into this discussion, because I think Paul, uh, in many ways, was addressing standing firm, both among fellow believers, as much as it was among non-believers in, in the, <clears throat> the Philippian uh, city of the time. And today, I think we face the same thing. And in fact, in his introduction, he talks, the author who, who wrote this study, uh, talks about himself being very much tied to traditional Christian music and very much uh, against modern Christian pop music, and this was around the 80s, and, and he went to a concert with his kids' class and saw people around, saw other kids around him enjoying the music, getting into it, and realizing it, yet there's, there's a celebration of the gospel involved, and he let some of that traditional thinking go. Now, here's where I, where I stir the pot, because I think very much in, in churches, people believe they're standing firm when they don't think much or don't discern much faithfully about what they're standing firm for. And I'll get right to the point. A couple of weeks ago, I turned on the television and saw rioters attacking the US Capitol, and some of them were, cap were carrying a Christian flag and doing it so in the name of Christianity, which I think now all of them, I thought they, they, they thought they were standing firm, standing firm, against, you know, tyranny or whatever it was, but they were rioting. And I think it was a, a, an embarrassment. It was, it was more than an embarrassment, but that's where I think the other side of this is. And, and of course, and this is why I want to read the message as well. Uh, Paul wants you to stand firm, but he wants you to remain, and, and this is the way Peterson writes it, a credit to your Christian faith. And the gospel. Excellent, uh, Steve. Uh, and you know what? A funny thing. I figure we might have a couple other uh, differing opinions uh, from Steve's open, and I'm sure I have one too. So we'll uh, go, uh, Professor Koshu. I like. I like how Steve stirs the pot. I, yeah. I I was working with teenagers back in the late '80s, early '90s, and and I remember being in those conversations with. You know, I, I had a couple of friends of mine that had a Christian quote unquote rock band at the time styled on the style of Petra, if anybody remembers that all that group, mm -hmm. and had a big deal, eight, 15 different youth groups, 400 kids at the church I was at, you know, had friend of, two friends of mine came and did kind of a comedy routine to kick it off. I let them stuff my jacket full of junk, 
they pulled it all, you know, so they could make fun of me as a youth minister. Cause that's what you do if you're in youth ministry. Um, and, but I remember one of the most sincere people in our church and, and he was not an old guy with gray hair. He, he was a mid thirties. If I remember correctly, nice guy, biggest supporter I had in the church. And he came up to me and he said, I really respect how you work with our kids and what you do with our kids, but I totally disagree with what you're doing here. And I'm like, but I got 400 kids coming tonight who ordinarily wouldn't be in this church, dude. <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and it's interesting. So this letter, so the monks, when they broke all this up back in the, in the uh, mid early hundreds, um, Contrary to popular opinion, your Bible was not broken down by chapter and verse by Paul. <laughs> um, some monks did that for us. It wasn't on a scroll. Like <laughs> it wasn't done that way. <laughs> um, but when they broke it, they actually broke it in a bad spot because this section of Philippians actually is this. These verses start a new section, basically, from the first part of it. And it's, it's an exhortation of living life in the real world is kind of what we're going to be talking about here. And there were a bunch of wrong beliefs that existed in Philippi, even back then. And, and what I thought is, is the, the belief that he was specifically trying to counter here was that Christians would be exempt from hardship and suffering as part of their life. And so, yeah, we don't have any of that nowadays. And, and I'm kind of like, Steve, it, it, it's going to be interesting because it's easy for us to get distracted with the, what I call angels on the head of a pen arguments. You know, the old argument back in the dark ages was how many, how many angels can fit on the head of a pen? And there were serious writings about that too back then, by the way. So, you know, it's getting distracted by that stuff that causes us the problem. Did anybody come up with a number? There were multiple numbers come up with. <laughs> okay. no, yeah, Sorry, no. <laughs> Michael Cropper, your overview of the lesson. Yeah, Bill, today. Um, um, Paul, Paul changes from last week. Folks, if you didn't, if you have not had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, please do it by all means. Uh, one of our uh, most enjoyable and, and uh, I, I would say great, great podcasts we've done, and it involves Paul talking about his uh, reflecting being in the prison and sometimes he gets up and down, he gets depressed and, um, and he was wondering whether or not he should continue with Christ. And, and in fact, uh, in other words, alive on the earth versus dying and going to heaven and uh, he chooses uh, to, to live and if he has the opportunity to go and, and, and preach and exhort the uh, Philippians again, of course, we're in the, flip, the book of Philippians here. He chooses to do that, and he says, you know what? He says, my purpose in Christ is to live for you, not for myself. It would be selfish for me to decide that I wanted to die and go on to be with Christ now, but I should rather live for everybody else. Well, today, today's lesson to me appears, then he changes directions, and he tells the, the Philippians to, to, to band together, to be staunch in their stance, in their their representation of the, the body of Christ. And, and, and to me, today's lesson is about, is about your reputation. 
Uh, while it appears to be about fighting for the gospel, to me, it's about reputation. Uh, either party who is about to enter a potential battle, to me, uh, their reputation is a great influence to the other side and whether or not they're gonna go forward with whether or not they're angry enough with each other to fight or battle. So this lesson is about reputation. And, and Paul's reputation is about what people think of him and a man's character. A man's reputation may different, be different from his true character, folks. His reputation is what we think of him. His character is how he acts or reacts in adverse situations. I'm sure you've heard that. If you have not, think about that. And a church reputation, uh, to me, is the focus of today's lesson. Paul addresses the reputation of the Philippians and how important it is that they reflect the gospel of Christ to each other and to their opponents as well. And although the Philippians are very caring, caring and loving, Paul directs them to stick together in the faith. And remember, uh, he says, remember Christ. Christ taught, he healed, he confronted, he fought for God's righteousness spiritually. And by the way, want to remind you again, a lot of days problems are spiritual problems, folks, that are reflected in our, our, our world around us. Anyway, Christ was consistent and presenting the gospel. And Paul tells the Philippians to remember the gospel and live consistently so that everyone will know that they believe and they live for Christ. Bill? Excellent. Kyle Trahan, your overview of the lesson. You know, in, in contrast, uh, Robert was working with the teenagers in the 80s. I was a teenager in the 80s. <laughs> And uh, you, you kind of dated yourself by that statement as well because of Petra, uh, which started in the early 70s. Uh, yeah, for, they, they for were me, big in the 80s, though. <laughs> they were still big, but uh, for, for growing up as a kid uh, in the 80s, it was Striper. Remember the big black and yellow? The yellow and black attack. I went to they, that concert, same Houston the, Coliseum. <laughs> well, and they were the big hair uh -huh. you know, of the 80s. It was uh, it was quite interesting. And for me, you know, like the author had written that, uh, you know, the stark traditions and, and, you know, songs is what he grew up on. It's what he wanted to stay with. I was quite different. We actually had a Christian rock band that practiced in my living room for probably a year and a half. Um, my dad was very much into the charismatic movement at the time and, um, you know, had, had met some people that would play at, at some of these big events for the kids programs and everything. And I grew up in the country so they could play as loud as they wanted without irritating any of the neighbors, um, at any time of the day. Um, so it was, it was quite interesting, uh, to have that. Um, you know, you come home from school and you'd have these guys just jamming out to Christian rock. It was, it was very interesting. Um, but for the lesson, um, <clears throat> it was one thing that really stood out to me was the, uh, I guess, a partial sentence here. Uh, you were standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And it's the, with one mind striding, striving side by side that kept reverberating in my head, um, if you will, that 
We've seriously, if I think of their political world and, and, you know, God forbid, look at Facebook, you're going to see both sides of uh, political thoughts very strongly. And we've kind of forgotten, especially when we talk about faith and the gospel, how to move with one mind. We're, we're very, very off. Um, in my opinion, to, to bring it forward into our world today. And that is something that we seriously need to work on. And for me, that's, I, I think of it daily, you know, you, you have a, a natural disaster and you forget everything else. There are no politics. There are no race. You know, there is no religion. You're all of one mind at that point. It seems to be anyway. I may be wrong for everybody, but the general populace tends to work that way. And in the everyday environment, I don't see that we do. All right. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read, the, uh, uh, read the lesson. It's Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. And before we go to the break, I'm going to go ahead and have a Professor uh, read the same text only from the message this time. Professor? Yeah, and this is the same, Philippians 1, 27 through 30 from the message. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear of it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message. The good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them that what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him, and the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up Podcast 189. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www 
www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 189. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, but we're on this No Church Answers tour. And tonight, I can absolutely guarantee we will not be giving church answers. <laughs> going to talk about just uh, the insurrection that happened a couple of weeks ago uh, at the Capitol. And I pretty much uh, segment things in life. And I look at actions. And I... I basically feel like you can break them down into for christian men down to three different types of action do what you want and that is essentially free will do what you're told which that can be anything from uh military being a child being trained in your occupation that kind of thing or do what you're called to do. And that is the, or commanded, the, the, the Christian uh, train of thought. And then you get into that murky area, what is godly? And to make a long story approximately the same length, I'm going to go back to Steve, Steve's open and say about the people that went to the Capitol and they had Christian flags. They were exercising their free will, doing what they want. But they were merely using the flags to reinforce their free will position. I do not believe that they were necessarily commanded by God to do that. However, because God gives us free will, they took that opportunity to reinforce their free will position. So anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and throw I, I that out there. I don't think they were directed by God. Some of them may have believed they were being directed right. by God. And that and that is a problem. And I'll, I'll go back to it because Kyle... Kyle summed it up a, 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 a bit before the break about things that matter. But but one of the key there's a, there's some some certainly some key verses here. But in in verses 27 and 28, uh, with one mind, Paul writes, with one mind striving side by side for faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. Frightened, not frightened. I see a lot of fear driving this um fear that that christians shouldn't have we we shouldn't be afraid of facebook um we, we grant it too much control yeah there there are yahoos on it there are people who want to cancel you i'm not saying i'm not saying there's a problem there it's it's not as powerful as you think it is the media is powerful but they don't control everything the, this there is this fear, I think that drove that drove a lot of the push behind. Without, I got into political, but drove a lot of the push behind. I think both parties in this recent election. It certainly drove 
the, the insurrection, and I think that's an accurate word to call it at the Capitol. Uh, it's, and, and so I can sympathize to a certain extent with the fear that some people have, but then I wanna go back and say, as Christians, we should be putting that fear aside. And as men, when we talk about this, it's really a time for boldness and fearlessness. And that includes the ability to say, hey, there are right ways and wrong ways. There are things to look at to, you know, there are checks and there are checks within scripture to ask yourself, is this something that's godly or is it not? Is it my human side, my emotional side, my, my irrational side, my worldly side coming to the forefront? Or is this, you know, or is, is this something truly driven by the Holy Spirit? And I think before we as men go out and take any stand, one way or another, we have to ask ourselves this. Uh, you know, we, we can't afford to be knee-jerk react. We can't afford to get caught up in a, in a spectacle. And yeah, Bill, going back to, I, I don't care why they were carrying the flag. It goes back to what Paul is writing here. It isn't, it isn't enhancing the reputation of, of Christians, of the gospel, or Christianity. It's reinforcing all the prejudices. And in a strange way, as I said, in, you know, we are all, you know, these people are afraid of the media. They're giving the media exactly the validation they want. Basically, that all Christians are extremists. <laughs> yeah. It, it's easy to generalize when you do that. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Kyle. No, that, that, it was just it's easy to generalize, you know, when you're like that. And it, to, to add on for the fear of the time that it was written, you know, so, yeah, they're Roman citizens or whatever. Well, so was Paul. Paul was in prison. And so, you know, standing against the opposition could land you in prison. So I, I imagine there was fear, you know, to be a Christian in that day uh, was, you know, something that could land you in prison or dead. I totally get the fear part. Michael Cropper. Boy, Bill, I'm still thinking about that. The, um, you're addressing the people that, if anybody carried a flag into that, the first thing against it would be rebellion, of course, uh, the, the writing itself. And, uh, and Paul was very careful. Christ even was very careful in telling you uh, be sure you weigh everything before you do it. Be sure you you know what you're getting into. In fact, uh, as you know, I, I stated something different. I said that Paul was addressing the Philippians to stand up uh, against those who would divide them, uh, possible other persons from the outside who were telling them that they need to follow the Mosaic law and get circumcised. And also they were having divisions in their own family in the church a little bit, but it, it and, and Paul said, stand together, stand in faith. Well, my, my initial thoughts for this, this lesson is, look, if you're going to face opposition, be sure you're prepared for it. The way you won a war when you battle, the way I won trials was I prepared for them in advance. It's not that I, if, if you're going to, you pick your battle wisely. We've said this over and over again, guys, right? So if you're going to take a flag representing uh, the Christian view into a, 
a possible divisive situation that's that is Christian is not Christian. Uh, yes, like you said, like Steve said, like Kyle said, think it through and ask some people, will this hurt the reputation of my fellow Christians, my church? Um, I, I think that's very important, very practical statement. Uh, yes, it's very important that we talk to each other and we say, what do you think about this before we do something that may cause conflict and hurt us? Bill? Hmm. Professor. So one thing I find kind of interesting. So there is a cross-reference scripture to this. A lot of times in our in our lessons, they will bring up, you know, we'll have the primary scripture, but they'll have see also kind of. Well, the see also in this one is Romans 12, 9 through 21, also written by Paul. And I think it gives some context that we can talk about here. So Romans 12, 9 through 21, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another about yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And th this kind of alludes to something I talk about a lot, where we as Christians get in trouble is we like pulling one little verse and it says, stand in your faith. We're going to stand on our faith right here on this particular issue. We're staying on our faith and we're not putting it into context. And I think the problem that I see where not just at this incident in the Capitol, but throughout the past election season, you know, throughout a lot of what we had and the story the guy told at the beginning that we all kind of talked about and chuckled about a little bit, you know, about the Christian rock bands in the eighties and nineties where people are like, Oh my God, that's the devil's music. You can't do that. Is that people were trying to take a stand on something without looking at a context. And does it mean we're going to be flipping and flopping our theology based on things? No, it's not. It doesn't. There are definitive black and white areas but outside of those very definitive black and white areas, there are there's a lot of little gray in there where you can talk about is what I'm doing bringing credit to the cause of Christ. And if what I'm doing is not bringing credit to the cause of Christ, then what's the point? Um, a while back, Phil referenced a book, and I ended up picking up and reading it. And it was basically by the Barna Group, and they were studying what, what, um, ch why churches were failing, being unsuccessful. And there was a quote in there by one woman, and she said, I wish the men of this church would be more concerned with me trying to raise my teenage son 
than the fact that I'm not married with a teenage son. And I, and when I read that, I went, that's a really good point because they were all focused on, oh my God, here's this single woman. She's got a child. When in reality, you know, it's hard enough to raise a teenage son with two parents, much less one if you're a mom, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, it's one of those, yeah, those are the kind of things that you have to stop and think about as you look at it. And, and I think that's where we get distracted. And I think this is where men especially can bring things to the forefront because we can come out and attack it as leaders and make sure that people understand, look, there are definitive points here that, that, are, that are lines we're not going to be crossing. But, you know, a, a mom here who's trying to get help raising her son we're going to do everything we can to support her and help her and not be hypercritical that she's in our church and she's a single lady with a teenage son. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I think that is where we need to start drawing the lines. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second hard break. Uh, this is man up. We'll be right back. You are listening to the man up spiritual oasis for men podcast originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA. It's the faith based man podcast that women enjoy too. called authentic, timely and unexpectedly funny man up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 189, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. This particular show is about uh, standing firm taken from Philippians. Philippians 1, 27 through 30 is the text. I think one thing about picking the battles is this. Uh, 2020 has been such a hard year. There's so many battles that men could pick that it's hard for us to pick the right one. And I think that men are out, and I, th I don't know who said this, whether it's been you, Mike, or, uh, or Koshu that's brought it up several times. Men are fixers. And if things don't seem going the right way, they want to jump in and they want to fix it. And they want to use all the tools that they bring to the table. Uh, their creativity, their upbringing, uh, and, he, and their values, Christian values and occupational values and that kind of thing. And so uh, when I look at this, uh, these things and the standing firm, I think a lot of that is individual choice. What you choose to stand firm on, because there's a lot of things that because of my background, I'm a lot more passionate about than someone that was raised in the South. I was raised in Michigan. I was raised rural. Someone who, who is urban, you know, has, has different values. But, but, we're, but we're Christians. That's, that's where we're similar. 
although our tool set might be a little bit different. Well, that's 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 true. Um, the the gospel is consistent. Um, <laughs> everything else is relative and sub subjective, and that's that's the the difficult part. And we at Sugarland Baptist Church, it, uh, I'd say this is an atypical Baptist church. I haven't had that much experience with many so i'm i may be a little off my rocket but i know i know from from past discussions with our former former exec pastor chris curran one of the i don't know if you'd call it a mission but you might say the direction of sugarland baptist uh in contrast to maybe another a few other baptist churches uh in in sugarland in fort bend uh, the the direction was intentional to draw newcomers to Sugarland. Now there are plenty of people in our congregation, including yourself, I think Bill, who've been really with the church since it started at Williams Trace. But it is a fairly young church, um, as far right. as as far as the the, the the scheme of things goes. It it grew it grew with the growth of Sugarland, with the with the coming of First Colony and then New Territory and the larger incorporation. So, uh, but but um, don't forget Greatwood, where all of our church lives. Yes, and then Greatwood, right. which is um, which <laughs> gradually, the, as, they, as, as we call it, the, the, <laughs> as the occupation grew. But nonetheless, the the Sugarland Baptist set out to be a diverse congregation um, and to tap into, in, in some cases, it's not in, it is certainly more diverse racially than, and, and, um, and ethnically than, it, than most Baptist churches are, but still it's a suburban church. I'll be flat out blunt about that. Um, nonetheless, it, it has a cross section of people from various geographic areas of the country. There, there are a lot of transplant, which this this podcast reflects. Uh, we've got some homegrowners, and we've got you know Yankees, me and Bill, uh, uh, from from New York and Michigan, uh, respectively. And we so have we, Kyle from Louisiana. Yes, and Louisiana. We had, to, we had to buy shoes for. <laughs> but but let me let me get to the point here. Um, there's, and I think this goes for everyone. No matter what your background is, there are things you're comfortable with. But that doesn't make it gospel truth. And we've got to be careful about uh, sometimes sticking with things that might have been true or might have been fitting for our parents, for our grandparents, for uh, the pastor or youth pastor we grew up with years ago, uh, maybe not as many years as Kyle's, but certainly ours, and mistaking that tradition for the gospel or mistaking that tradition that this is what this is what defines the gospel this is what i believe and being so intransigent you you blind yourself to greater growth within the spirit and within the word of god hmm. six scary the six scariest words in corporate america or in a baptist church are we've never done it that way before <laughs> <laughs> right, right you know and 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 that applies for corporate america too and mm -hmm. and real leaders and 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 let's talk about it from a real christian leader perspective real christian leaders step out and take it 
to the point based on that grounding of faith when they make those decisions to do it and not necessarily just on tradition, like you said, Steve, because, you know, it's like, I'm going to be very frank about it. So during quarantine, friends of mine have shared um, their church links and I have perused a few of them. And there are a few of them that are, Bill, Bill calls us tradition, a traditional Baptist service. We're close, but not quite. Um, but these are true, true, true contemporary worship services with the lights and the production value and all that that entails. And I am going to be bluntly honest. Now, notice when Kyle was talking earlier about the yellow and black attack, um, I went to a Striper concert. Thoroughly enjoyed myself too, by the way. It was, it was a yeah, good they were good. Concert. It was a good rock concert, you know. And but I found myself watching a contemporary worship service and being uncomfortable as a worship experience for me. And that was kind of a new experience for me because I, like I said, I don't know, I don't know like. <laughs> But I thought that was intriguing, and I think that's something, you know, as we think about it and you look at it, do you really want to limit yourself? And I think the grounding in faith, as you guys talked about, I think that's where the truth comes in here as we look at it. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yes, I'm looking here, Bill. I'm thinking about um, everything you guys have been talking about. And yes, the, the lesson itself is standing firm. And uh, I wrote a few notes to myself and, and, and um, whether it's in the church, um, how the church looks at it, how church reviews what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to believe. We all believe we, we are members of uh, uh, the Sugarland Baptist Church. And uh, I, I, my question is, again, what is your reputation? And that's simply... Your reputation reflects what you are and what you stand firm on. Um, I have to tie that back in because that is the title of our lesson. And of course, we're supposed to tie that back into to pure joy, which is our entire book and having joy. A good reputation is developed on who you consistently are. So when we stand firm, make sure we're standing on the firm principles of our faith. And then we ask ourselves, what do our enemies think of us? What do our friends think of us? What do our fellow employees think of us? What do our fellow Christians think of us? Do we stand firm? Are we ethical? Are we moral? Do we represent, I guess, the greatest virtues that we believe belong to the Christian principles and to serving God? Of course, the, uh, the fruit spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Do we exercise those things? Those are important to establish what we stand firm on, especially as, as you see it in our church and among our brethren. Bill? Coming down to the end of the podcast, and I want to go around uh, the panel and get some final thoughts and take away on uh, standing firm. And let's go ahead and uh, get Kyle Trahan in here. Kyle? You know, so a couple of things. Uh, I thought about it after I mentioned Greatwood. That's funny. So many church members, if any of them are listening, 
none of us out of the five live in Greatwood. But no, so I live in I live in, in Mediocre Wood. Wood. You live where? Mediocre Wood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to move up to Average Wood. Here's, average you know, Wood. Okay. You know, and and then good good wood. Then maybe right. right. Uh, but anyway, the uh, Steve mentioned about the, the the riots that we had there at the Capitol and the the sign uh, for Christ being brought into that. And to me, uh, I almost feel that was staged um, because it furthers the division between church and state. I would and agree with you, Kyle. It all it did was it gave, it gave the media the opportunity to show it and it's just going to give whomever the opportunity to exploit that um, my little two cents on that um but you know our society does seem to be going more and more secular um and we seem to be further from unity which is you know something that this lesson talks about at least in my opinion you know, there seems to be further division between races and, you know, classes and any other uh, demographic you can throw at it. There seems to be a wedge that's always seeming to be intentionally shoved in um, instead of drawing us together. One thing I, I didn't hear a whole lot touched on was the, the suffering for his sake. And I, I think part of this bringing to the uh, choice to rejoice is even in our suffering. And that's a hard one to do, um, especially when you're suffering, is to have joy even then. To remember that you're in this circumstance for a reason, which, you know, for me, uh, that's been difficult, is to remember to rejoice in my suffering um, through the pandemic, it's changed my work and the way I enjoy doing things. Um, and I forgot to be joyful through that time. I mean, I experienced joy, but to look at the time that I was given and my disposition, um, was it Robert that said it? It's, it's how other people, how other Christians, how anyone sees me in the world. And that was something that you know, in my own faults. And that's something we need to be able to be as well as self-aware to help correct some of our own issues. Um, because, you know, reading some of these, I, I see myself, you know, um, I see our world in that first part that I mentioned of one mind striving side by side. If we can get there then maybe the gospel will thrive again the way it used to. Anyway. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, some final comments from you. Yeah, Bill. Um, yeah, just looking at the text, the text is great. It's, it's really full of color to me. Uh, it says, again, you guys have emphasized that over and over. The, the uh, name of the lesson is stand firm in the faith with one mind and strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. You cannot strive by, side by side if, you're, if you believe different things. So he's saying to the people themselves in Philippi, and we should say that also too, don't look for 
little nitpicky things to be different about or to argue about. Instead, pick out the most important things and stand by, side by side in your faith. Uh, get rid of the small things. And, um, and when you stand consistently, he says, this is a clear this is a clear indication to those who would oppose you, who, who would challenge you in your faith. When you stand consistently and all of you stand together, this, is, this makes you a clear, clear power to be reckoned with for the spirit of Christ, for the love of Christ. Bill? Excellent. Uh, some, a couple of takeaways from you, Professor. So the book I referenced earlier, I grabbed it off my Kindle real quick. It's Unchristian. What a New Generation We Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters by David Ken Amon and Gabe Lyons. And it was based on research from the from the uh, Barna group, which is a great Christian research group. It was really good. Um, really recommend the book if you're interested in what the younger generation is thinking. And even it's getting a little dated now. It was published in 07. So, um, you know, um, yeah, be, we need to be firm, but we need to be doing things that bring light to the gospel of Christ and not necessarily do things that will detract from it. If you're deciding to take a stand, as Mike said, and Kyle alluded to make sure you're standing on real truth and you're not just standing on tradition or something you've thought about before. Make sure you're standing on real truth and be able to back it up. You know, and, and like I said, it's it's all about context when you look at the gospel. It it and it really is in the Christian faith. It's not context in that you're gonna change your belief because of context, but don't be taking that one verse and making decisions off of it. It's looking at the overall message and seeing how the overall message impacts what you do and then making decisions based on that overall message. Excellent. Um, final thoughts from you, Mr. Steve Ditch. Uh, Kyle mentioned that uh, section that, that I was going to bring up if he didn't, the, the uh, verse uh, 29. Um, you should not only believe in him, Christ, but you should also suffer for his sake. Uh, in the message, something very similar, uh, there, there's far more to this life than trusting in God. There's also suffering for him. Um, and the word suffer, uh, we, we, you know, we tend to think of it all illness or pain or something dealing with an ordeal. But the word passion also means suffer. And the author of the study of this section of the, of, of, of the Baptist Way Press, Choice to Rejoice, kind of pretty much says, if you're not suffering, and I'm going to substitute passionate, if you're not passionate about something in your faith, you're not growing your faith. Now, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about the podcast. I'm, I'm passionate when it comes to, to, to reading the Bible. I'm not passionate about a whole lot of things, but that, I think, is part of it. The, um, the idea of, of passion and and Paul calls it a gift, and I don't necessarily think, you know, so, you know, having cancer isn't a gift, but being able to be passionate about something is, and uh, that's, that's, I think, really what's called for here, the, the, the willingness to be passionate, to suffer for something, uh, and if you're doing it right, you will be, 
And there's a good warning by the author of the study saying, you know, if you're, if you're complacent, if you're sitting around coming to church and then going home, watching football, uh, and then, you know, tuning in every Sunday, and that's all there is to it, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not doing it right. Um, you're, you're really called to be passionate about your faith and your dedication to the gospel. I thought, I get it. I always say it does not always mean you're out preaching on the street corner or even evangelizing. Uh, pastors and ministers do that for a living, but there are aspects of your faith you can be passionate about, whether it's service, which, which Kyle is, uh, you know, writing, po media, podcasting, which most of us do, and other ways, teaching, which, uh, teaching youth, which, which Robert does. This is, this is, I think, what's, what's meant here. And being uh, certainly standing firm, we've talked about that, uh, for what the gospel stands for, and also doing it prayerfully and mindfully of the, uh, the picture you are giving of what a Christian man is. Excellent. And uh, my final thoughts are, are this, uh, and, and I agree with all of you guys. Uh, this has been a great discussion. I, I just think that um, Christian lead, leaders, but in particular Christian leaders, strive to do what is right. And when you do it consistently, there re really should be no secret when you come up to a choice to lead on what is right. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast and podcast number 189. And on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan, my name is Bill Cox. This is a No Church Answers tour and check out our new YouTube channel. So, and that's uh, Man Up, spiritual oasis uh on youtube so whether you found us on facebook soundcloud where we archive all of our podcasts apple podcasts or pray.com if you have any questions or comments you can go to our facebook page or our website which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com post it there we'll be more than happy to address it then and if you are still in quarantine and unable to attend church check out the sugarland baptist church streaming service it's a Baptist service on sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sunday mornings at 945. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions with small groups just like this. And find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.